for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. It says, but you have an unction, that word there is anointing or enablement. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know how many things? Notice, you have an unction on the inside of you. How many know that an unction is the Spirit of God or the anointing of God that's on the inside of you this morning and has been on the inside of you ever since you got born again and came into the kingdom of God? So you have an unction, and here you know all things. Say all things. Now, in order for you to operate in knowing all things, you get your information from where you need to get your information from, and it's from here. See, all the information you get and the decisions you make that are good and, and are acceptable in your life come from the inside of you. They do not come from out here. If you have somebody who's being led by the billboard, who's being led by this thing out here, or that thing out here, most of the time they're not being led by God because God will lead you from the inside out. You have inside information this morning because you have the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. This morning, if you're born again, you have everything you will ever need in your life right now. You don't have to get anything else. You don't have to go anywhere else. You've got it already on the inside of you. The Bible says he has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness on the inside of you. So inside of you is everything. So many times we're reaching out here and we've got difficulties and we're looking out here. You've got to start looking on the inside of you because you have an unction. Say, I have an unction. Now, this unction is not natural ability. It's not natural talent. It's not natural knowledge. It's basically supernatural. It is an endowment that God has given you so that you can live a supernatural life. When God called me, he didn't consult whether I could preach or not. He never asked me whether I would study the Bible or not. He never asked me if I could get up in front of people and do anything. He never asked me any of those things because he was not concerned with what I could do or what I couldn't do. He was concerned, was I, was I going to tap into the endowment that God had placed on the inside of me to do what he had called me to do? God knows that you have the potential not only to do the thing, but the ability to do what God has called you to do already on the inside of you. It's something you don't have to pray for. It's already there. So basically, you have supernatural ability to rise above the natural realm and live in victory in your life because you have an unction. Say, I have an unction. Now, notice, you can choose to live in the natural if you want, or you can choose to live in the unction. Everybody has that decision. There are no losers in the kingdom of God. There are only choosers. Those who choose to live in the natural realm because they won't go any further. Those who don't choose to live in the spirit of God. Remember what Joshua said? He made a choice, didn't he? For me and my house, bless God, I'll tell you what, we are going to... We're going to serve the Lord. And I'll tell you what, you can't lose serving God. You can't lose dipping into the unction that's on the inside of you. Tapping into the unction of God equals success in every single area of your life, from your decisions to everything else going on in your life. And this unction on the inside of you was given to lead you and guide you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And what do sons of God do? They destroy the works of the of the devil, praise God. So the Spirit of God, the unction on the inside of you, will lead you and guide you into all things, basically. And those all things are the truth, basically, because if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So he's going to bring you back in line with the Word of God. He's going to do some adjustments up here. Let me rephrase that. He's going to do some major surgery up here. Open head surgery. Because there needs to be some done up there, so you come back in alignment with him. Because it's only in agreement with God does this anointing on the inside of you flow. It's only in agreement with God does the power flow out of the inside of you. He does not deal in disagreement. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A family divided against itself cannot stand. 
So what are we doing? He's trying to bring us into agreement with inside information. Say inside information. Say, I have an unction. And I know all things. And the all things you know aren't going to come from the 6 o'clock news. Not going to come from the local newspaper. They're probably not going to come from your friends. They're going to come from the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. Look at verse 27. Just in case they didn't get it the first time, he says, But the anointing which you have received of him abides where? Notice it abides in you. Say, abides in me. And that anointing is going to lead you and guide you in every single area of your life. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will do what? Direct your path. So what am I going to do? I am going to learn to be led by the voice in me rather than by the circumstances out here or my own natural way of thinking. What am I doing? I'm rising above the natural realm. I'm getting information above that into a place to where I'm simply doing one thing, obeying the Spirit of God when it talks to me on the inside. Does your mind like it? No. Does your mind want the Spirit of God leading and guide you? No. You've got a mentality and an intellect up there that will fight him every single step of the way. Why? Because the devil knows if you start operating in the little voice and in the spirit, he's done. He's going to be a loser in every single area of your life, praise God. So the Spirit of God will reveal truth to you. It's like when you're reading the Word of God or somebody's preaching and all at once you're just sitting there and all at once something's like hits you. What is that? It's truth that was already on the inside of you that somebody has witnessed too and your spirit on the inside like did a, did a backflip. Landed back on its feet. Something happened. I mean, I got born again. I love God. I was pressing in. I read the Bible. And all at once I came across, go into all the nations and preach the kingdom of God. And all at once something on the inside of me went, whoop. I said, what's going on? Then I got to a scripture that said, train my people up in the way that you should grow and grow them on a childhood. And on the inside it went, whoop. And on the inside of me, what was it? That was the spirit of God and truth witnessing on the inside of me that, hey, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm telling you to do. Hey, that's what's going to happen in your life. Hey, that's what you're called to do. Hey, and how many you know when you know what you're called to do, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. That's why I get people. Because it's, why is it scary? Because it's something that you can't do. Amen. See? It's something you can't do. He never gives you something you can do. Because then you'd do it in your own ability. It wouldn't do any good anyway. He's going to call you to something beyond you. So you have to rely on the ability that's on the inside of you by the power of God in order to do it. Say, I have an endowment. I have an enablement on the inside of me. So God speaks to me. It leaps on the inside of me. I'm supposed to go into all the world. I'm supposed to preach the gospel. I'm supposed to do all this stuff. So the first thing I started to do was do whatever the Spirit told me to do when he told me to do it. And what did that do? It got me into a position where I started to... Flow, say flow. flow. Flow with the Spirit of God. Now, you, you, can't, you can't explain flowing with the Spirit of God because it's not an intellectual thing. When you, when you start following Him in the little things and the littler things all at once, you will be led by the voice on the inside of you, and you'll get into like, a, not, not a different realm, but a different way of thinking or whatever, to where you don't know what's going on out here at all that much. You're just locked into what he wants you to do and how he wants you to do it next. Last week's service was an example of that. I don't make a habit of singing after we're done. It doesn't happen. I don't sing songs after we're done. Are you kidding me? It's hard enough for me to sing when we're doing songs. But what happened? There was an unction on the inside of me that said, if you start singing, I will give you the words. So I took the first three words that he gave me, started singing it all once a flow, say a flow, started coming out of the inside of me. And words just started coming up. And he started coming. And this started happening. And that started happening. And that started happening. And what happened? I ended up in a flow, say a flow, a flow. 
of the Spirit of God. That's why each and every person that you see from Rodney to Benny to all the rest have their own flow. Have the same Holy Ghost. They have the same anointing, but they flow differently with God because they've been trained to flow with Him in every single area of their life. You see, some of the old men, they were crazy. I mean, you look, just study Smith Wigglesworth. You'd think that guy was insane. I mean, he'd walk down the list and he'd point to people and he'd punch people. I mean, one time they, there was a service and they took a baby up to him that had no legs or nothing, was born with no arms, no legs, whatever, and Smith took it in his hands and cradled it and looked at it and all at once. And you've got to hear from God to do this. You don't want to try this. You understand? You don't want to do this without adult supervision. And he took the baby and he said, and he took it and he threw it off the stage. And when the thing hit the ground, it grew out legs and arms and started running around the building. Now, I'll tell you what, they didn't teach me that in seminary. They never had a class on throwing no arms, no legs, babies off the stage so that they bounce and start running around the place. Why is that? Because it's not a seminary thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. All I learned in the seminary basically was a little bit of Bible that probably wasn't total truth anyway, was to stand behind the pulpit and never leave because you distract people. Open up with a joke to get everybody's attention. Get right to the point and have a big finish. That's what I was told. That's, that's what I took two, two and a half years to learn right there. And as you can see, I don't stand behind the pulpit. The only thing they taught me was not to chew gum, and I don't do that. So praise God, I got something out of it. <laughs> but see, it's not a natural thing. It's a Holy Ghost thing. And if you're going to operate in the Holy Ghost, teach in the Holy Ghost, preach in the Holy Ghost, doing the Holy Ghost, then you're going to follow the Spirit of God on the inside of you. It may just start for you to where you're sitting there talking to somebody, and God says, would you tell them this? And your first thing is, could you tell someone else, please, to tell them this? Because I don't really want to tell them this. But no, it's, it's just a simple thing to where you start flowing in the anointing that's on the inside of me. Say, I have an unction. And, and when we first started flowing in the Holy Ghost, when we were back in the Holiday Inn and we started services, when, when you're a new church, people come from all over the place. I don't know if they want to check you out or just see if you're any good or what's going on. But we had people coming from Boca. We had people coming from Delray. We had people coming taking notes. We had people coming afterwards. And how do you, how do, you do this phenomenon? of knocking people down when they come up to get prayed for. How do you do that? I said, well, I don't do that. I just lay hands on them, and the enablement on the inside of me knocks them down. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it don't. Sometimes they fall down before they get up here. You see? But if you're an intellectual, say intellectual, you need to come out of that because you're not going to be able to figure out God in the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to have to live a lot longer than 100 years to figure out how God does things and what he wants to do if you're going to be intellectual. You've got to get out of your mind and you've got to get in your spirit and you've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding and just do whatever God is telling you to do. Say, I have an unction of the Holy Ghost. All right, go to John chapter 4. And you need to build a track record with the Spirit of God and with other people. You know what I mean by that? In other words, when you hear the voice of God and you believe you've heard the voice of God and you step out, make sure that you've heard the voice of God and that you believe the voice of God. Just, you, you can't try to flow in the Spirit. It's impossible. 
you just flow. You just step into it and you just flow. Like preaching, you just start out and you don't know where you're gone and you just keep going and the Spirit of God pumps out of the inside of you whatever's on the inside of you that you placed in there. And it touches people's hearts and touches people's mind. And it's good to get in the presence of God. It's good to get touched by God. It's good to spend some floor time with God, to be honest with you. It's good to get in the joy of the Lord and laugh a little bit, praise God. Everybody could use a good laugh, hallelujah. I said, everybody. <laughs> could use a good laugh, praise God. Why? Because it comes from your spirit. It doesn't even come from your emotions. It comes from a different place. So notice, here's Jesus talking to a Samaritan woman. First John, or John, I'm sorry, John's Gospel, chapter 4. Look at verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. Verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, how many know she had no idea what he was talking about? He just gave one of the most powerful sermons we've ever heard, and she had no idea what he was talking about. She just thought he was going to come up with some magical well that was going to give her natural water where she'd never have to get her little thing and go down there and get any water again, and she was all excited about it. But how many know she got a clue? Say she got a clue. Let me show you where she got your clue. Verse 16. Jesus said unto her, Go call your husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right. You have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. How many know revelation hit her? <laughs> now, what was that? Was, was Jesus praying and trying to get something dirt on this lady so he could nail her with it? No, he was operating in the Spirit of God. What for? To pick out something in her life to hopefully help her turn her life around and get in the living water that he was offering her in the first place to do it. That's why you've got to have a willing heart. You've got to have a willing heart to change. You've got to have a willing heart to be corrected. You've got a living heart to be reproved, praise God, because if... <laughs> because basically I'll reprove you and I'll correct you but I do it in love isn't that nice <laughs> yeah I do it in love why because I want you to do your full potential of what you're doing in your life I've been around other ministers that every time they speak it's got to be the Lord's saying to you the Lord's saying to you the Lord's saying to you well God didn't even talk to me that much so they're well beyond me already but notice, if you keep saying that and it doesn't work out, then the next time you said the Lord's saying to you, and I'll tell you where it gets real, is with your spouse. Because you're saying, Becky, the Lord said to me to do this, and then it fails. To do this, and then we go broke. To do this, and then we fall apart. How many know the next time I say, the Lord told me to do this, I may get slapped? You see? So I want to be sure when I say the Lord says this, that the Lord's actually saying this because I want people to understand that I'm hearing from the Lord and I'm very careful of what I say that comes out. So notice, you have a gift on the inside of you. If you get in that gift, you're not going to thirst anymore. Thirst for what? Natural things. All your natural things are going to be taken care of. If you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added unto, unto you. So notice there's an anointing on the inside of you. How am I going to learn? I'm going to learn to flow with that thing. I'm going to study the Word of God. I'm going to listen to the voice on the inside of me. I'm going to make this louder and louder than this. 
As long as this stays loud in your life, you are going to have a battle on your hands like you never had before. And this can't be loud unless you're under anointed preaching, unless you're under preaching that knows something about the Spirit of God to begin with, unless you're in a, in a place to where you're reading the Word, you're pressing in, you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because of the anointing of God. And everybody wants counseling. Help me with this. Help me with that. Just get in the anointing that's on the inside of you, and there wouldn't be any need for any counseling anymore. Are you following me? Praise God. Some people have claimed the same thing for 42 years and still believe they have it, even though they've been delivered of it 25 times. No, praise God. Jesus either went to the cross and delivered you or he didn't. So take your deliverance and go forward. Well, I suffer from rejection. Well, get over it, praise God, and come up out of that rejection. Kick the dirt off of you for a change and go forward in the things of God, praise God. Hallelujah. You don't need that stuff anymore. You're a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become... No, praise God. Now I'm in the image and likeness of God, and I know he's not suffering rejection this morning. I talked to him this morning. He was not depressed or rejected this morning. He was doing just fine, praise God. But these are things that get into us basically because we get led by things on the outside. We want to drink the natural water more than we want to drink the spiritual water, basically, on the inside. But how many know you are a spiritual being? Glory to God. So what do you do? You operate in the Spirit of God, and, and the more you operate in it, the more proficient you come in it, and God will give you bigger things to do. I've already told you about the times I didn't throw the shoes up in the service and it didn't work. There's another service I was in. It was in the Catholic Church. We were having a healing service. At the end of the end of the, end of the thing, there was a priest who basically spoke about healing. And he spoke what he knew about healing, but then at the end, it was a two-night thing. He didn't even pray for anybody. I thought, what kind of healing service is this, for God's sake? So I went back the second night, and, and he was there again, and he preached a little bit, and he was coming to the end of the service, and I just raised my hand in the pew. I didn't know you could do that, but I did it. I raised my hand in the pew, and I said, Father, could I add a couple words and maybe pray for people or something? He said, well, sure. You know, you can do whatever you want to do. So I got up and just told everybody that they've been healed 2,000 years ago, and the power of God would set them free tonight. And they didn't want to leave there just knowing a little bit more, but they could get healed. So people started coming up. I started laying hands on them. One lady came up in a wheelchair. She was a little bit disfigured. And I'm standing there, and once God says on the inside of me, tell her to run. Now, here I am in a Catholic church, not even my meeting. You got a lady in a chair, all crippled up, and I'm supposed to tell her to run. How many of you won't do that? Come on, you ain't going to do that. Not in your brain. But see, I was in the ghost at that time, and to me it sounded perfectly logical to tell her to run. Why? Because she's supposed to be running, and instead she's sitting in a stupid wheelchair. So I said, hey, God says get up and run. She jumped up. She ran once around the pews, came all the way back to the front. I said, how do you feel? She says, great. Her friend who bought her said, you better sit down because you're going to fall down and break something. She sat back down on the chair and never got out of that chair again. Now, what happened there? There was a flow and faith of God gone, and somebody broke that flow. And when they broke that flow, what happened? Well, she just went back into that. That's right. I can't walk. I forgot. I forgot for a second I couldn't walk. When I was running, I forgot all about it. I couldn't walk. This is terrible. Sat right back down in the chair, and they wheeled her out. Main aisle right there, and I'm thinking, my God, what is the matter with these people? But then again, if I was in the natural and with somebody I loved who was in a wheelchair and I got up running and I thought they were going to fall down, break both legs and both arms, I would have probably, you see, there's so much difference between flowing in the spirit and being in your natural mind. That's why when we're flowing in the spirit here, if you get upset and say, there he goes again. <laughs> My God, laying hands on people, they're getting the joy, they're getting this, they're getting that, they're falling down, what's going on here, he does this all the time. You need to get delivered. 
Why? You've got a religious spirit that wants to be in control of everything that happens and what goes on in it. And I'll tell you, we're in a place in this church now, the way that music's gone and the way the preaching's gone and everything else, that even if you don't like it, I'm just saying, the back rows aren't going to be safe anymore. The I don't want touched ain't going to be safe anymore. The Lord touch everybody but me ain't going to work anymore. Because there's an atmosphere of unity coming more and more in here about the anointing of God and the power of God and the things of God. And I'll tell you what, as it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, there's no escape for you, praise God, because ever who the Holy Ghost wants to get in and break in, he's going to get in. All you got to do is have a little hole there in your heart saying, I wonder if that's real. I don't think it is, but I wonder if that's real. And you'll be leaving the service saying, it's real, it's real, it's real, he's real, he's real. Because God wants to come into a deeper, intimate relationship with you in every single area of your life. He don't want you messing around the natural realm, going in depression and being worried and fearful all the time. He wants you to be happy, praise God. Everybody wants their kids happy, do we not? Want our kids happy? Well, he does the same thing, praise God, hallelujah. He wants us happy. All right, praise God. One more. Go to Samuel, First Samuel. We tried to get there last week, never did. We left First Samuel out in the cold. It's right before 2 Samuel. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, did you find it? Did you really? Or are you in the New Testament just pretending like you're at Samuel? No, it's is it. All right, 1 Samuel 16, look at verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now here's the Lord talking to the prophet Samuel. said, Fill your horn with oil, basically, and he's going to go anoint someone else to be king because Saul had rejected the anointing. Say Saul, who was king, rejected the anointing. So notice, what happened? God gave him the anointing. He, he did not partake of the anointing. He did not like the anointing. He did not operate the anointing. So basically, God was going to step over him and make a new king, and that new king we all know was going to be David. Are you following me? So what happened here? Basically, notice what it says. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you do what? How long will you do what? Now many no mourn is weep, be sad, whatever. So notice, Samuel the prophet was mourning over Saul because of the episode where Saul had the anointing and was king and basically got rejected and lost that anointing. There are people who are going to like your anointing, and there are people who are not going to like your anointing. Don't spend your days mourning over those who don't want what you got. Find a David generation who does want what you got and then start pouring what you got with a horn full of oil into those people. Not everybody wants what we have here. Are you following me? There was a, something I saw on the thing the other day about Holy Ghost on fire moving in the Spirit of God in churches. You know what the average size of one of those is? 50 people. 50. You don't want to move in the Spirit at all, don't want the Spirit of God to go just teach, preach, and do whatever. There's probably massive churches out there, whatever. But I, wanna, I want everything. Come on, God has for me. I told God when I got into this that if I can't have a David generation to pour the anointing on, I'll quit. I'll go home in my own bedroom and pour it into myself, praise God, and grow into things of God and do this and do that. So some people that leave here, that's fine. 
But people that are hungry for what is here hopefully will be here and will be changed and touched in their hearts because you have an anointing on the inside of you and that thing needs to be released and you're never going to be happy until it's released out of the inside of you. There is an unction in you this morning and there's an unction that's been trying to get out of the inside of you for quite some time and your ability to operate in that unction is already on the inside of you. Your ability to preach is already on the inside of you. The call of God is already on the inside of you and everything that you need is already on the inside of you. You just got to allow what's on the inside of you out of you and quit begging God for something that you've already got. You've already got it. You can beg and plead and power all you want to, praise God, but it's already in you this morning. You are pregnant. You're pregnant, praise God, with God on the inside of you and the call of God on the inside of you and the enablement, praise God, to do the call that's on the inside of you. So notice, don't try to pour your anointing on a Saul. It ain't going to work. You'll pour it out, then you'll go into rejection. Nobody likes me. No, Saul don't like you. There's Davids out there that will like you, praise God. And those are the ones that you do. And you can talk to these guys. I mean, they talk about Rod, Rodney Howard Brown. I mean, everybody in the world came after him when he started flowing in his anointing. Why? Because it was different. We don't do this. This isn't what we do. No one else does this. Well, I mean, God does whatever he wants to do, praise God. And he does it in a way that it changes people's lives. And people's lives were being changed. There were people depressed that would break out in the joy of the Lord. How many know it's hard to stay depressed? When you're laughing uncontrollably and can't quit. And then it even filtered over into the other movements, like the faith movement. Poor Kenneth Hagin got hit. And pretty soon he quit, and he started going around doing Holy Ghost meetings like that. Why is that? Because at first, everything new. Let's face it. Anything that's new in your life, it's challenged by you. You're going to challenge. Any little change that's done, any little change that's done, what happened? God was doing something different. I mean, the faith movement was great. You know why? We needed it. The charismatic renewal was great. How many you know that? We needed it. We needed the denominations and the spirit of God to be poured out on the Catholics and the Methodists and the Luthers and whoever else it was to break that label off of them so they'd come and be kingdom of God people, praise God. All these things, the healing. How many you know that was important back then? But we don't want to stay in one or the other. In other words, I don't want to stay right there and all I do is faith, 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 and that's good, but I know that there's more than that. There's a charismatic renewal that released people into the spirit along with faith. And there's a healing that comes along with the faith. And I mean, I think God is a progressive God sometimes. And he gets us to grow up more and more and more and more. But there are people who have got in those moves of God and they've stayed there. There they are. I'm in the charismatic movement. We're having a prayer meeting at my house. And they look like charismatics. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. They look like they've been in the charismatic movie for 20 years, praise God, and not gone any further. They think the whole council of God is locked up in one Israeli song. And that's not it, praise God. God has more for each and every one of us here. If you want to study something, study the faith movement a little bit. You want to study, study the healing movement a little. Study all these things, praise God, because they're a total togetherness of what God wants to do in these final days because we're going to need all those things in our life. But more important than anything, you're going to have to learn how to flow with the Spirit of God. You're going to have to learn how to move with God, when God moves, how God moves, how God don't move. It's helped me a lot because I'm on the music team now. Why? Because I can pick out songs that stimulate me. Yeah. Well, I don't like that song. I don't care. <laughs> You're not doing the service after the song. I am. Are you following me? It makes a difference to me what stirs my heart, what don't stir my heart. If it's a flat song that I don't like, it's like the air goes out of your balloon. And then you play a good one. Good, you're right back up there then. 
because it touches your heart and it moves. And it's got to stimulate that anointing on the inside of me. There's a difference when you come hungry and when you don't. When you don't come hungry, I mean, it is hard road up here. I don't take afternoon naps, but I need about five hours after a service like that. Because everything I'm trying to shove into you is coming back and hitting me in the face and hitting me in the face and hitting me in the face. And that's sometimes why I pause up here. Yeah, you know what I mean, praise God. Because I don't think it's going to be accepted or received of you now, and I want to make sure it is enough received for me to say it. Otherwise, I'm going to take the air out of your balloon because it's going to make you mad, going to offend you. You're going to get all upset. Well, I can't believe he said that. Well, praise God, that's just the way it is. Hallelujah. So notice, look for people who are hungry. Look for people who want the anointing of God. Look for needy people. And my God, if you can't find one in this day and age, you are blind. All over the place. Everybody's needy in this point. But that anointing will be drawn out of the inside of you, and you'll learn to leave it flow in your life. All right, we're in First Samuel. Go back. Let's go to verse. Let's go to verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramar. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Now notice, what happened in this thing, if you read the whole thing, which we're not going to do today, was basically there were many, many brothers that David had. They were going to anoint a new king. There was one of his brothers who was big, who was stout, who seemed like he'd be the kind of king that you wanted to be. But notice, they didn't anoint him. They prayed to another. Well, let's read it. Probably be better than me to do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 6. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked in Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on what? The heart. The heart. So here he is. Here, here's the, in the natural, this is the candidate. This is the one. Everybody's in agreement. This is the one. Bring him up. God says, mm-mm. Nope. Nope. So they take him away. And they finally say, do they have any other brothers? Yeah, we got some younger brother out here. All he does is deal with sheep. He's a sheep man, praise God. That's all he does. And they said, go get him. And he comes, and all, once what happens? They put the anointing of God on him. And why is it? Why, did it? why did the anointing come on him? Look at verse 7 again. Because basically he was the man with the right heart. Hallelujah. Say a man or a woman with the right heart. Not an intellectual man, not a big man, not a good-looking man, not an ugly man. A man or woman who has the right heart. So notice, one of the keys to the anointing of God flowing into your life is you need to have a right heart. Maybe that's why Proverbs says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the wellsprings or the the Issues of life come out of the inside of you. Why? Because that's what it is. God is not looking for people who are rich. He's not looking for people who are poor. He's not looking for black, white. He's not looking for old, young. He's looking for people with a right heart. If you have a right heart. And what that right heart is, well, boy, when the anointing starts flowing for me, I'm going to get me in a stadium like that was in yesterday, praise God, and I'm having my own football service, glory to God, and I'm going to preach the Lord, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I want everybody to know that Pastor Tom Karras is the greatest of all evangelists of all time. <laughs> and I'm going to pass out T-shirts, Tom Karras rocks, Tom Karras rocks. <laughs> Come on, how many know that's not a right heart? You do that'll be a long day in the football stadium. Because that's not what it's got to do with. 
it's basically got to do with your heart and desire to help other people and to love on other people. So you lay hands on somebody and they get healed. It's not so you can tell everybody, praise God, I healed everybody, praise God. No, it's because you want that person healed. You don't care if anybody else cares if you were involved in that thing or not. You just want that person set free in their life because you, you love righteousness and you hate iniquity. You hate it. You hate bondage. You hate those things. So I'm going to use the anointing of God in my life to set people free. Why? I don't care. I don't care what everybody knows me. I don't care if everybody likes me. I don't care. I've seen people I pray for get healed who didn't even like me. It's amazing what God does. It's crazy. People who get mad at you and leave the church and yell at you and scream at you, then they get in trouble and they call. Why do they call me? Because in their church they don't do that. They don't lay hands on people. They don't do any of that stuff. So basically they call somebody who they know does do that stuff. So what do you do? Basically you go and you pray for them. And how many know all the way there? You're in a battle. Lord, heal them. Lord, kill them. Lord, heal them. Lord, kill them. Come on. You know what goes on up here. Come on now. And I'll tell you, the devil will drag everything that he have ever done to you right before you on your way there. See? Going down to pray for somebody at the hospital. We used to go down and pray. and Let's stop and pray for somebody at the hospital. I'll tell you, my two boys would be the worst they've ever been in their entire life on a 15-minute trip down there. They're throwing shoes at the back of my head. They're screaming and they're shouting the whole way. Why is that? Because by the time I got down there, I needed to lay in bed and somebody needed to lay hands on me. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And back then, I didn't know what was going on. I just thought, that happens all the time, you know. You want to lay hands on me? No. You feel any annoying? Are you kidding me? feel like you're spanking both kids right now. And... See, and then we're, then we're driving down to Port Salerno, that church down there, basically, that we went to for so long. And back in the old days, some of you probably don't remember, but there wasn't a big bridge there. There was a little bridge there, and it was called a drawbridge. And after arguing for 20 minutes to get her and those two boys in the car to get there halfway close to being on time, which I like to do, we'd hustle, we'd get there, and guess what happened every time? Ding, 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 ding. So we'd walk in 20 minutes late. They're praising and worship. People say, how you doing? And, of course, I could do it. Blessed. Blessed brother today. Feeling good today. But I wasn't feeling good at all. Was I ready to pray for anybody? Are you kidding me? I wasn't ready to do anything. Why? Because the anointing that I should have been protecting the whole time. And how many know we talked a little bit about men's again, things out of our control. How many know I was not in control of the drawbridge? So for me to get mad at the drawbridge, I'm sure the drawbridge shed no tears. It probably never saw, was watched down the road and said, here he comes. Don't go up today. But that's what we think, don't we? If I get mad enough, that bridge is going to obey me from now on, and it's never going to come up with me going to church again. We're... No, didn't make any difference at all. So I'm losing my peace and my joy over all these things. By the time I get there, I need ministry rather than supposed to be one of the ministers that are going there. And, and you know why this is so funny? We all do this. Some of you on the way to church this morning. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Then you don't feel like praying for anybody or doing anything. It takes you back into that self mode there. <laughs> Hallelujah. So notice David had a right heart. Say David. David. Had a right heart. Now notice, when did God call him? He had not wrote one psalm. He had not killed one bear. He had not killed one lion. 
He certainly had not killed a giant, but yet God anointed him and called him before he did those things, not after. Why? He was not able to do those things until the calling and the anointing of God came upon his life. Hallelujah. All right, one more. Psalm 23. You said that before. I know, but praise God, we're going one more anyway. And then you, you get in a battle with your own mind, even when you've been in this for quite a long time, because my prayer has always been, I want to be part of a David generation. I want to pour my Holy Ghost out on people that want to pour. I, I want to make sure that what God has given me, I can pass on to someone else. I want to see people raised up in the glory of God. I want a David generation. I'm going to keep my horn full of oil, and I'm going to pour it every place I get a chance to pour it, and this and that and that. But then, can I talk this morning? Yes. God gives you a class. And he gives you an anointing to teach that class. And it's the time, I believe, is right now for that class. And there's homeworks there and stuff to do there. And you come to that class and you get about three people who actually take the class and do the homeworks. And you start to think, is this the David generation I've been called to? Or is this? And I'm not putting any condemnation on you. I'm telling you the stupid way I think. Is this a Saul generation? I mean, which one is it? Am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong thing? Then all at once I start getting calls from Africa. I start getting calls from the Philippines. And once again, now I've got to say, well, are they just trying to get me there just to get me there because they've read a couple things and they think I'm good? Or is this a David generation who really wants what I've been Pray for, and then you got here, you know, you're going back and forth. You got a real battle going on. You can look at people, they don't know there's a battle going on, but there's a war going on in your head, you know. And, and maybe if I miss it, I go to Africa, I get eaten by cannibals and never come back. I mean, I don't know these people from Adam. I talk to them on the phone, I've seen their play, but I don't know what's really, really. Are you following me? I don't know what's really going So, So, do you want to be sure before you go there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I say I'll pray about it, let me tell you what, I'll pray about it this time. I'm just not going to say I'll pray about it and not do anything. I want to know if I'm going to come back from the Philippines. I want to know if I'm going to come back from America. Is that what God has for me at this time? And I'm sure each one of you have your own little ditty going on. I've been praying for this, but is this, is this the counterfeit? Is this the real? Is this an answer to prayer or is this an answer of the day? I mean, sometimes you get caught in a big decision and you've just got to wait it out. Say, wait it out. Don't make the decision, then find out you were wrong. Wait it out until you have peace in your heart and you know what's going on. Trust me, you don't want to go to Africa, find out they are cannibals, and then repent. It's too late. You can just go down then saying, I, I died feeding the poor. Praise God. That's in the Bible, <laughs> feeding the poor. I mean, even though it was you, praise God. Right, look at Psalm 23. We all know this one. <laughs> David is writing. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me with thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou hast anointed my head with oil, and my cup does what? Overflow. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. Now notice, this is David after the anointing had been poured on his life. Let me give you David before that happened. Watching these stupid sheep again today. I'm so tired of these stinky, mangy, dumb sheep. And then one runs off and I got to go get the one, even though the 99 won't obey me from what I'm doing. I'm so dirty and so tired to be out in the wilderness doing these sheep. Oh, once God comes on him, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does he do? He sees provision. I go through the valley of death. What happens? I see protection. All at once, his total vision, his total eyesight, a totally what he saw, changed from just being a sheep herder to being a man of God. Praise God. And then what happened? As he went a little bit further, he didn't fight the giant first. Come on. Got himself a bear. Got himself a lion. So then when he got to the man and all his army standing there, he'd already remembered the bear. He remembered the lion. Praise God. And he was in the Holy Ghost. The Lord is my shepherd, not these stupid sheep. See, he was flowing. He was flowing and growing in the Holy Ghost to step up, another step up, another step up, another step up to a place when the giant showed up. He thought, watch, watch what he says. What will you give me? Come on, what am I going to get out of this to kill that giant right there? He wasn't even going to say, let me try. I'm going to try to help you. No, I'm going to get something out of this, praise God. If i got to step up and everybody else is a fool, I'm going to get me some benefits out of this thing before it's over with. Okay. And what happened? He goes there, praise God. And Of course, the devil talks. Uh, come at me as a dog. I want to spit you out. Uh. He takes that slingshot, praise God. He hits that devil right between the eyes and knocks him down. And then the best part is he didn't stop there. Say he didn't stop there. See, once you knock the devil down in your life, cut his head off. <laughs> Chop his head off while he's down, praise God, once and for all. Cut it out. But notice, if you'll start to flow in the Spirit of God, you're going to start to see things differently. You're going to see your kids differently no matter what they're doing. You're going to see other believers differently. You're going to see your spouse differently than you ever did before because the Spirit of God changes the way that you look at things from a spiritual perspective rather than from that. Some of you who have been complaining about your job for years just need to step over the anointing. And you'd find out instead of casing mail for three hours a day and riding around in 100 degrees delivering mail that I'd been given a ministry to know everybody on my route, kept on the same route. I know who they were. I knew who they were married to. I knew when their kids died. I knew who old they were. I knew every single person on my route after 18 years. It was no longer a job. It was a ministry that came to me, and it became exciting to be there. It was good to see them and good to know what to do in such situations and circumstances there. Why? The whole thing had changed, praise God. Hallelujah. And what comes? Benefits. They benefits. So they decide to do carry of the year award. We're going to do a carrier of the year award. We've never done that before. Everybody's going to vote on it. We're going to give a carrier of the year, I don't know, three, $500 and make them carrier of the year. So they all voted. And guess who won? I did. They gave me 500 bucks. Did we need it? Yes. We needed 500 bucks right then. So the next year they came along and said, that one's so good and everybody had good time. We're going to do carrier of the year award. I said, praise God, fine, whatever. And they did it again. Guess who won? Me again. Another 500 bucks. 
Why is that? Because I wouldn't stand there complaining about my job every day. I wasn't yelling at the guy next to me all day long. I wasn't cussing and swearing. I wasn't hollering. I was doing my job with a smile on my face. Oh, I know that person. They need prayer today. My goodness sakes. And this one's got her son coming in. I hope I get a chance to meet him. What did it do? It changed my whole perspective. The anointing of God will change your job and change your life into something exciting. Instead of being, oh, time to go to work again today. How much sick leave do I got? It'll be, ooh, here we go, praise God, somebody else. I get to minister to today. Glory to God, this is going to be a good day today. Praise God, hallelujah. What is it? It changes your perspective on the other thing. What am I doing? I'm flowing with the Holy Ghost. Flowing in the Holy Ghost is more than being behind the pulpit with a microphone and flowing in the things of God, although that's good. And I'll tell you why it's good, because you get an opportunity to see it done. When I went to Benny Hinn and he was laying hands on people, I watched every single move he made. When Rodney Howard Brown started ministering, I would get there, I would get in the front row, and I'd watch every single. Matter of fact, I would usher. You can't get no closer than that, praise God. So I would usher for Rodney every time he came there. And I would watch and see how he responded to people and how he did this. And he didn't do the same thing to every person. Go right down the line like this as a pattern thing. No, he'd speak to one. He'd talk to one. Sometimes he'd just look at him. And he's good at that. He just goes, And all once a person just loses it. Why? Because he's flowing in the Holy Ghost and following what God is telling him to do in every situation. Because, see, God knows your heart better than I know your heart. He knows what you need. Whether maybe you need hands laid on you. Maybe you need clapped in front of you. Maybe you need me to spit on my finger and put it on your forehead. That's one thing God has me to do. Sorry. Sorry. I don't do it on purpose. If God tells me to lick my finger and put it on your forehead, I'll do that. Why? I don't know and I don't care. I just want to do whatever he tells me to do. Are you following me? Praise God. So what is it? You're flowing. You start to flow in your daily life first. Say my daily life first. See, if you can't stand peace and joy and flow in your daily life, you're never going to flow in the bigger things of God because God's not going to tell you to do something giant out there when you won't even do the little things. See? It's not going to work that way. It starts little and it works its way up. So you've got an unction. Say, I have an unction of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I am going to learn. Press in. To learn how to function in my unction. The more I function in my unction, the more success I will have in my life. The anointing must become the most important thing in my life. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Jump up this morning. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory. Stay out of strife, stay out of division. That stuff will just clog you up, man. It's like a, sticking a bunch of stuff down your toilet. It won't flush anymore, praise God. You've got to do it. Got to get rid of it. Just close your eyes right now. Let's just start right off this morning. Anybody in your life you need to forgive this morning. I don't care what they did to you, what they didn't do to you, what happened, what after. You need to leave them go this morning once and for all. If you're really interested in the anointing flowing on the inside, you've got to let them go. You can't let one relative or one person or one somebody from high school steal your anointing for the next 40 years just because you want to feel sorry for yourself. Let it go, praise God. They made a mistake, probably make a lot more. That's all right. Just forgive each and every one. Let them go. Release them into the Spirit of God. Say a little good prayer for them in your heart this morning. Set them totally free. Keep strife and division out of your lives. Husbands and wives, keep it out of your lives. You want healing in your body? Keep it out of your lives. 
Bible says that anointing on the inside of you will quicken, strengthen, make alive your mortal body this morning. If you allow that flow to go on the inside. Don't bottle him up. Let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. Do what he tells you to do today. Whatever he's telling you to do. If it's something small when you're out to eat, something where you're here or there, just go ahead and do what he tells you to do. Praise God. He knows what he's doing. He's very good. Never makes a mistake. But he's that still, small voice on the inside of you. I pray it gets louder and louder and louder and louder and louder on the inside of you today. That you continue to grow up and flow in the things of the Spirit. On the job, praise God. See it as a ministry. See it as what God has called you to do. There's changes coming your way. Big changes in your life. Some people won't even know you in a year from now. Some people don't know you from last year. Saw you last year, thought, my God, are you a mess? Now they're seeing what happened to you. What's the matter with you? You're happy now. You're loving people now. What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? Yeah. Crazy for Jesus. Crazy for the Holy Ghost. Crazy for the Spirit of God. The Bible says we are going to be the salt of the earth. If you lost any saltiness, get it back this morning. Your candle, you've been put on a hill, not to hide, right there on the hill. Why? To show people how to love and how to press in and how to... That's what you're put here for. That's what we are. We're extensions of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are Christians. Little Christ. Father, I thank you for every person here this morning. I thank you for your word that went forth once again. And Lord, I just thank you that it be sealed by the Spirit of God on the heart in each and every person here, that this would resound, keep coming back up on the inside of them, Father. I think that they would continue to grow in the things of the Spirit. I pray for a greater hunger for the Spirit of God and for the things of God, that people understand that it is, is drastically, you cannot live without the Spirit of God and the anointing of God and the voice of God on the inside of you. That is the most important thing, Father. And I thank you, Spirit of God, for stirring up on the inside of each and every person here. Stay active in their lives this week, all the way through till Wednesday night and all the way through till Sunday. Father, we want to grow up in the things of God. We don't want to be childish anymore, Lord. We want to grow up and we want to be powerful for you. Father, I pray this church comes into a place of unity that every time we pray for anybody that sends us a prayer request, it is instantly done in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for loving each and every one of us so much, for giving us the ability and enabling us to do what you've called us to do. And we go forth now to do what you've called us to do by your spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.